Welcome to the Dream Centre Manchester, where we trust the ministry of Pastor Tony Higginson and the team will challenge and inspire you to become the move and be the demonstration. We warmly invite you each Sunday morning to join us for our family service, but for more information or to subscribe to our podcast, visit our website at thedreamcentre.co.uk. Hey, we won't get all Lion King, will we, on the circle of life? One in and one out. But we bless God that he's still the author of life, isn't he? This morning I want to bring you a springboard word. A springboard word is a word that is going to help us into something that's coming. I have no intention of explaining everything, but it's going to give you a taster, a springboard into maybe what God is going to be unfolding to us in the days to come. Is that okay? Okay, so this morning I ask you, as I normally do, do not bear with me, but build with me. Yes? So please take your head off your Christmas wrapping. Take your head off. Did I take the turkey out of the freezer this morning? Will it still be unthawed? Let's get our hearts in the Word and continue to connect to the one that we've been adoring. Amen? Amen. So I'm going to read you some scriptures again. I may or may not give you time to turn to it, but that doesn't make any difference because we can always catch on the podcast or do whatever. So is that okay? Have I got the freedom to go this morning? Are you sticking with us? Is the water level going to be high? For the hearers, the receivers, as well as the givers. Is that okay? Okay. First scripture I want to bring you this morning is Isaiah 9 and 6 and 7. It says this, For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end and he will reign on David's throne and over the kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. And the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. And Matthew 1.23 says, And the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel God with us Ralph if you could please just catch this for a minute to me. 
Welcome to God's greatest move. Don't ever leave him in the manger. The world wants to keep him the boy, but the boy became a man. And that man was the full, perfect fulfillment of the work and the hand of God on the hand of a life of a man. Just having a moment here. Mary, did you know? Did they know? He's just the carpenter. He's just Joseph's son. He's just the boy. He's just our brother. Bring him back. He's gone nuts. He is the great I am. The man, Jesus Christ. Acts 2.22 says this. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested of God to you by miracles and wonders and signs which God did through him in your midst as you yourself know. Attested, accredited, approved by God. The man, Jesus, approved by God to do these things. He is the man. If we lose that he is the man, we lose all of our connection to him. Because what God did through a man in Jesus, he can and will do through you and me. Or if not, we might as well go home. We're not waiting to be rescued and whipped away to the great beyond. We are here to be the demonstration. As Pastor touched on this morning, is that right? Acts 10.38 says this, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good, healing all who were opposed of the devil, or oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. And God anointed him. Do you know that the name Jesus Christ isn't his second name? He is not born Jesus Christ. He is Jesus. The Christ comes. The word anointed means the Christ, the Messiah. He became a Christ when he is touched by the Holy Ghost. Oh, well, we're not reading our Bibles this morning, are we not? There is a change. There is something that changes in it. This is my beloved son. Mark 1, 10, 11 says this. Just as Jesus was coming out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open. And the Spirit descended on him like a dove, and a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, in whom I am well pleased. It was the same prayer that Isaiah had prayed when he said, Oh Lord, that you would rent the heavens and come down. The heavens have been closed for 400 years. There's been no prophetic word. There's been no movement of the hand of God in the hands of people. John the Baptist comes to prepare the way, and Christ turns up. The heavens are ripped over, open because they've been like brass. They've been closed. And God declares from his heaven, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Before he did anything. Because relationship with God is greater than what I am doing for God. What I am called to do when I have relationship. The issue is we want to do without knowing him. We, have a relate, we want to do things and take all of the glory and never have that proper connection to God. You say, Phil, are you sure about that? Yes. Yes, I am. Lord, but we healed the sick. We cast out demons in your name. Away from me because I do not know you. You can't just use his calling card and say, God turned up. So Jesus is baptized and he's driven into the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights where he's tempted and he's tested and he returns in the power of the Holy Ghost. I said he returns in the power of the Holy Ghost. It was said this morning, are you filled with the Holy Spirit? And we all said, but let me ask you the question, but have you returned in the power of the Holy Ghost? Or does he just live in you and fill the void? There's a difference. There are no recorded miracles for 30 years while Jesus was growing. Until he returns in the power of the Holy Spirit. There has to be something that's different. But when Jesus returns in that power, he picks up the mandate that was given to Adam in the garden, Christ picks up and then becomes the next baton runner to bring that prize home. Have you ever thought about it? 
You see, when they turn around and the word is given to Adam in the garden, it turns around and says, subdue and have dominion. And we read our scriptures because we're all really good Bible students. We go through, right? So I can tell a fish what to do. I can speak to me budgie and tell it to come on my finger. I can tell the dog to sit and it'll still go and do whatever it wants. We think we have submission and we have dominion. But let's just see what starts to happen with the life of a man who is yielded to God, who is yielded to the Holy Ghost, what starts to happen when he steps into his position. Is that all right? That Jesus Christ turns around and he commands the winds and waves to respond to him. He speaks to the elements. Something's different than my budgie when I'm talking to the winds and the waves. He curses the fig tree that bears no fruit. He has power over created things. He changes the molecular structure of water so it's the finest red wine that's being poured out at the banquet. There was more, how come there was more amens for him turning water into wine than there was for dealing with the wind and the waves? He defies gravity by walking on water. He has the power to heal every disease and sickness and nothing was out of bounds. He has the power to recreate and rejuvenate. Oh, come on. He demonstrated authority in the spirit realm over every demonic power could not resist him. They turned around and said, have you come to torment us before our time? There was nothing that couldn't resist Jesus Christ. He had the power over death, over the, see, the resurrection of Jairus' daughter, over the son of the widow of name, over Lazarus, and over him very self. Welcome to, and he returned in the power of the Holy Ghost. So when we're quick this morning to say, who's full of the Holy Ghost, and we jump up and punch the air, let's just wind it in a little bit, because maybe there's a journey to take. Maybe there's more that he's got to do in us and through us. But let me tell you something this morning that stirs my heart. It makes me want to skip, jump, dance, shout. Phil's going to have a giddy day. The same DNA that's in him is in me. And that same DNA that's in in me and him is in you. So tell your face. The same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is living in you. And he's waiting for his moment. Then we draw to him and he draws to us that something is going to change. Amen. Oh, man. Jesus Christ, the man from Nazareth who had to learn the ways of the father. We see him and we read the scripture, don't we? And Jesus, as a boy, went into the temple and they marveled at his wisdom as he sat down and he discussed and asked questions. Jesus had to learn the way of the Father the same way that you and I have to learn the way of the Father. This was not like the Matrix. You know, in the Matrix where they just download something and you can fly a plane and you can fire a gun and you you got it all going on with the Kung Fu and this, that and the other... It's all going on because somebody just downloads something. He had to learn the ways of his father. In Hebrews 5 and verse 7, it says this, During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up his prayers and petitions with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverent submission. And he was heard because of his reverent submission, not because you're part of the family. He was heard because of his reverent submission, not just because he was the lamb who was slain before the foundation of the earth. He had to learn something different. Now, back in my day, because I had a day, I know you might not think it, but once upon a time, Phil had a day. And in the day when I wind it back, and I remember the days of Eric around these times, back in the days of the good old King's Hall Bellevue. See, lots of you don't even know what I'm talking about when I say Bellevue, never mind... The King's Hall. Bellevue, for those who are maybe visitors and not been around long enough, used to be a massive big zoo 
that used to be probably two miles away maximum, two miles away from here, it had everything. It had elephants and giraffes and the world's biggest roller coaster at the time. But in the middle of Bellevue, it had King's Hall. And King's Hall was known for one thing, apart from concerts, Andrew Duffield, before you shout out. It was known for one thing, wrestling. And we were the boys who would go down and we would watch the wrestling. We would watch Kendo Nakasaki. We would watch Big Daddy. We would watch Giant Haystacks, Johnny Saint. Um, we would have all of these guys that were going on. You'd have your heroes and then you'd have your villains. And they used to do one thing. They'd have a match and the commentator would get his mic and he would bring it to the front. I'd say, today there will be a match between Giant Haystacks and Tony Higginson. They're going to find it out. And the fight will be decided by two falls two submissions are a knockout so we know the score God did not have to get Jesus' arm and shove it up his back put him in a Boston crab bend him over throw him on the ropes do a big daddy splash to get a submission from Jesus Christ he willingly laid down what he was and submitted himself to the Father's will, his way, his walk his wisdom and his word he stepped into it willingly why are you and I the ones who always want to fight him? He had to learn obedience. Obedience is not weakness. There are so many situations where we find in the world at the minute, let's fight for the right, the, the right for my work, uh, right to speak as a woman, to speak as a man, to speak as a green-legged lesbian. Whatever it is, I need to fight for my rights. I need to stand there. Ralph, don't ever let anybody tell you that you can't be part of this six-foot club that you and I are both in. Let's not say, because it's your right, Ralph. You and I, we're going to fight it together. There is something inside of us where in obedience and submission is a showing of strength. I willingly yield to something to be able to take something else on and walk in it. But things change. We're not set up that way anymore, are we? We're set up to argue, to fight, to debate, to discuss, to push things around. That process that Jesus Christ had to go through the process of learning, the process of finding the Father's way, the process of submission, the process of obedience is the same for you and me. It's the same for you and me. Now, can we have an honesty corner here this morning? Is there anybody who finds that process easy? Just check in. Remember on the naughty list, good list, Father Christmas is checking it twice. It's not an easy process, is it? It's not an easy process, but it's a process that each one of us still needs to go through. If there's anything that we have learned over the years is that if there is no process, there is no progress. God keeps bringing you back to the same place you left off. You might have had two years, three years, five months, six months, ten years going around like the children of Israel, going around the mountain until God brings you back to the same place and says, David, we still need to deal with this issue. Do not pass go. Do not collect 200 pounds. Or go straight to jail. There are times when God has to arrest us and bring us back to one place because this process has to be worked out in and through you. Pastors turn around and he has said, hasn't he, the declaration for 2019 that everybody can remember already, <laughs> apart from Pastor Tony. The declaration that we've already got is to become the move, be the demonstration. To become the move and the demonstration means the cry of our heart is, Holy Ghost, make me like Jesus Christ. If he is God's greatest move, then I need to demonstrate the greatest move and if he needed things applying and building into his life I think I might need it as well and if I might need it I think you might need it do you think we could agree on that point because the issue that we're looking for is saying my God I know that I am born again is there anybody in here born again this morning 
So we're born again. The moment I accept Jesus Christ as my personal saviour, I'm born again by the incorruptible seed. We're not doing all authentic here this morning, but let's build some domino pieces. I am born again by the incorruptible seed. At that very moment, the Holy Ghost comes to me and I am made alive. My spirit is made alive. I become a new creation at that moment. The old has gone, the new has come. He leaves and he's left as a deposit guaranteeing my inheritance. We push to Percy Panda that the Father, Son and Holy Ghost all make their home inside of me. Am I still being all right? So I'm still being okay. Oh, by the way, this is before I've been asked to be filled with the Holy Ghost. I have a deposit. I have the Father. I have the Son. And then comes to that day, that wonderful day where we say, Chris, there is a moment for you when the Spirit will fall from heaven on all flesh and your sons and daughters will prophesy. Chris, we believe that the Holy Ghost would love to touch you this morning. Chris says, yes, that's me. I'd like it. Come on, Chris, we're going to come. We're going to pray for you. We're laying on our hands. We're going to speak the word. Come on, Chris, work with me heart. Come on, Chris, keep drinking, keep drinking, Chris. We keep praying for him. And then we say, Chris, what are you going to do? You're going to speak in this magic language. This magic language, Chris. Keep speaking. Kalagasita, alavashandi. Keep going, Chris. It keeps working. And then he gets it. And we go, hallelujah, Chris. He's filled with the Holy Ghost. And Chris walks away and he spends his life going, Kalagasita, alavashandi. And he's working around. And that's where we left everything. But let me let you know into a little secret. You are made as a sign and wonder in Israel. I sometimes look at you, Chris, and I wonder. There's, but there are different moments that we should be having. There is something that has to be done on the inside where this fire that's hiding behind the tree, this fire of the Holy Ghost is going to touch us in a different way and you and I get to represent him, to demonstrate him completely differently. Do you know when I was growing up, I think it was, uh, what was his first name, Andy? You don't know because you don't know what I'm thinking about, so we're still working on that discernment. Parrot Face Wazak, what was he called, his first name? And he sang the song, didn't he? All I want for Christmas is my two front teeth. Uh, never mind. Yeah, well, no, no, let's not get lost in what his name was. There was the cry of, all I want for Christmas is my fr- two front teeth. And if I turned around and said to you, right, you've all been good this year, you've put your little list out, you've hung your stocking up on the side, hoping that, unlike our dog, you've not eaten all the chocolate that was in it. Another story. You've hung your stocking up and you're hoping and you're wishing that your beloved or your friend or your parents or whoever it is, is going to bring you that wonderful gift that you asked for. In this season, there has to be a gift that we're asking in a different way, which isn't the latest iPhone, which isn't take me on a cruise, it isn't can I have a new whatever, but there is something that starts to break out on the inside that says, my God, I need this gift of the Father, the promise of the Father, the Holy Ghost, in a way that I have never touched him before. I need this Holy Ghost to touch my life so that for all of these years where the Christ has been being formed on the inside, he's actually got a vehicle to work in and through. Right, so in the sales, we know we only need four. There is something that starts to stir us on the inside that says, my God, I cannot stay the way that I have been. Something has to be different than this. Something has to be more than this. There has to be more than Mary's boy child. There has to be something that breaks out. There has to be a demonstration. There has to be something that changes. And guess what changes? You. The only thing here to stay is change. The only thing that doesn't change is, I am the Lord your God. I change not. But for you, it's a different journey because I'm moving you from one degree of glory to the next. There is no place for settlement. We are moving. We are wanderers in the spirit, aren't we? We're moving from place to place. You know, God is not a God of confusion. And I believe even though you have the mysteries of heaven and the universe, and I see these things, you know, I just get lost in basic maths. I don't have to get lost in advanced physics. I don't need to get lost in xy underscore seven minus three, take away six times four is the square root of three. 
I don't need to get lost in all of that. The God of creation and his universe is so wonderful and awesome, but yet he is so simple. Because he knows that he deals with simple things. You might all be on Mastermind next week. I'm not signing up myself. Deal or no deal was about as far as I got. But yet there is something where God makes everything so plain. And he makes it plain like this. Jesus Christ comes and says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Now, God knows dealing with Phil, because we're going to always work to the lowest common denominator. When he's dealing with Phil, I'm not even giving you multiple choice questions. Narrow is the way that leads to God, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. Why is it narrow? Because there's one way. But what about the Mohammed bit and the fellow I know from work is really nice? Yes, but there's one way. There is one way. I am the way, the truth, and the life. The greatest or one of the things, uh, favorite scriptures of mine is from Philippians and it's Paul writing. He says, I pray that I might know him and the power of his resurrection. I don't like reading the next part of the verse, but we'll carry on. And the fellowship of his suffering being conformed to him in his death that I may know him. We would use terms in this modern world in which we live in that God's a Facebook stalker. You're wondering now, aren't you, for those of a certain age, what you're talking about. Scripture turns around and says, he knows when I stand and when I sit. He knows the number of hairs on my head. He knows everything about me. It's almost like he's trolling me. Somebody's following me. Something's going on in this world. I'm going to got a Facebook stalker. I've got a God stalker going on somewhere else. But yet, if we're honest, how much do we know of him? That I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Let me pause. Springboard word. Remember what he said? This is a springboard because we're not going to explain everything. In this springboard word, in this power of his resurrection, is not just about Jesus Christ being brought back to life. The power of his resurrection is the power that you hold to call things back to life. Shall I say that again while it gets to the back of the room? Is the power of the resurrection that you hold in your life to call things back to life again? Calling back relationships, calling back faith, calling back dead dreams, calling back those things that are not as if they were. He's giving you the power in the Holy Ghost to start bringing things back into alignment and calling it back into place. You know, we've been so used to nothing happening that when we turn around and make a statement like that, we just hit the wall. We hit the wall because you're thinking about you're speaking to everybody, Phil, but it can't be in my life. It's in your life. That God wants to partner with you and you partner with him and the Holy Ghost to be the move and the demonstration that when we step forward, things happen. And it was said of Jesus Christ that he did not speak as one of the Pharisees, but he spoke with a man with authority. Do you know why? Shall I give you a Brucey bonus? More Brucey bonus. For all the time when they spoke, they quoted somebody else. Isaiah said. Jeremiah says. Daniel says. Moses said. The Psalms would say. Verily, verily, I say unto you. There was a change of baton. And what he's saying is that this very word of life and hope that is held on the inside of you, I'm starting putting on your lips, and you are going to start being amazed at the very things you're going to start calling back. A silence falls across the room. Do you remember when we said at the beginning of Jesus Christ, he dealt with creation, he dealt with the elements, he dealt with gravity, he dealt with bringing recreated things back, he's this healing, there's deliverance, whatever it is, that same power and that word in him is the same word in you. For the word that he speaks never returns to him empty or void, but will accomplish that from which he set out to do. 
There are things in every one of us that the Holy Ghost needs to speak to again to bring back online. And sometimes when I say the Holy Ghost needs to speak to us is when I say, Chris, I was just thinking. Sorry, Chris, you sat in the front. I was just thinking, and guess what? When I say and I speak, I'm speaking the very word of God to Chris. And I speak and bring things back into memory, into alignment, things you'd not thought about, things that have been lost in your... Every one of us has a junk room at home, don't you? Do you have the room that nobody else is allowed in? The cupboard, the bit under the stairs, your garage, wherever it is, you have the bit that no one sees and you throw it all in. You know, inside you, all of us have a junk room. Where we put things that we've not been using or we've forgot about. And there are things that God says, you put it in the junk room. But it's the very word that's going to bring you life. It's going to bring you hope. It's going to bring you deliverance. And it's going to be the acceleration that you need. Pastor Tony asked a question a few weeks ago. I'm saying a few weeks ago. Each week runs into each other, don't they? And he said, he said, what is, he asked this, the, uh, the question, what's the best book you've ever written? Oh, uh, ever written. I was ever read he said what's the best book you've ever read and some spiritual ones near the front wasn't you Chris some spiritual ones near the front said it was the Bible he said no that was good good book to read and people shouted out different titles and the answer was the one you needed at the time is the best book you've ever read ever read so I read something it's the best book I ever read and then two years later there's another situation I read a book and this is the best book I ever read I thought that one was good until I got this one There are words inside of you that God is going to pull to the forefront of what you are is the best word you ever had. Because it's the word that will realign. It's the word that will accelerate. It's the word that will excite. It's the word that will deliver. It's the word that will bring you through. It's the word that will be that springboard into the new you. See, we talk about 2019 being a new year. What about a new you? And the new you started the moment you gave your your life to Jesus Christ. See, we said we gave our life. Well, we'll we'll kind of, we'll work around that one. I made a rough kind of agreement. And the rough kind of agreement was, okay, I'll sign on the dotted line that you, so what happens? I say yes to you. Then you give me a fire insurance policy that I'm not going to that place that I don't want to go to that they told me about. So I just have this fire insurance policy. That's all right, I'm signing up. How how much is it? Oh, it's free. Oh, free, right. Do you do recommend a friend? Yeah, I do recommend a friend. You put it all down. There is the conditions. We step into a relationship that often never pushes on from that. John 8, 32 says this, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. The truth that you know is the person. The person of Jesus Christ. It isn't just his written word. And the word became... And dwelt amongst us. It's the person that I'm drawing on. So when Paul turns around and says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, it's that resurrected life that can work in in and through me, but also the one who brings that power in the Jesus Christ, the way, the truth, and the life is the one that I'm connecting with, and I can know him. It's not one of my favorites. Not one of my favourites at all, but I was smiling last week and Angus gives it one of those across the sofa. You know what that means, don't you, when your partner goes, like you're being a div, stop it. I'm laughing and having a film moment because Elf was on. Elf was on. And it's kind of, it was on. And I don't really like the film. But when they walked in, he walks into a room And the guy turns around and says, children, let's make the announcement. Tomorrow morning at 12 o'clock, Santa's here. And he jumps up and he starts screaming, Santa, I know him. And he starts jumping up and down about his relationship of he knows Santa. So that gets you kind of giddy, okay? The next morning he runs up, Santa's there. He jumps on his knee and he said, why do you smell a cheese and ham? You're not Santa. Yes, I am. You're not Santa. Yes. What song did I sing for you on your birthday? That I may know him. If there's a Christ, somebody here and says, I am Jesus Christ. Would you know the difference? Would you know Antiques Roadshow where to look for the hallmark? 
What are the hallmarks of Jesus Christ? Because when I know the hallmarks of Jesus Christ, I know the genuine from the... We know the difference that I may know him. That's the cry that's in Paul's heart. And now here's where we get to the user-friendly gospel. And the fellowship of his suffering. We can't talk about that. It's Christmas, Phil. We can't talk about that. Yes, we can. It's a part that's been lost so much. In Luke 9, 23, it says this. He said, Then I said to all of them, If any man desires to come after me, with, this is our fridge magnet. We've all got this on our fridge magnet, haven't we? We've all got this on the bumper sticker of your car. Got it on a t-shirt somewhere. Let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. Let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me daily. Hang on, I'll just let that tumbleweed pass through. That I may take up the cross, deny myself and follow him daily. There is something that when we said about how Christ learned submission, how Christ learned obedience, how he was willing to take the way and the will of the Father to walk in everything that he had, there is something that says, and I expect the same from you. But just one moment. Because I've kind of figured this one out. What I'm figuring out is, in this not your will but my will, it's the kind of turnaround, isn't it? God, let me just have this argument with you a second. Let's discuss your will compared to my will here for a moment and my will compared to yours. If anything else, we have set ourselves up as the opposition party that now tries to negotiate and shout down the plans and purposes of God. God, do you realise just how unrealistic and unfair you are in these things. I have to speak for mankind, Lord, to say that we know the way. To say, Lord God, that this is the best way forward. That, God, I know that you are the ancient of days. What have you ever seen, Twitter? God, it's a changing world. It's a changing world, Lord. Father, why do we need, why do we need arranged marriages and courtship? God, we've got, we've got Tinder. God, what do we need? We set ourselves up in our own minds that all makes perfect sense that every time we do these things reduces the power even more. So we are left being people who have titles with nothing that backs it up. Galatians 2.20 says this, I have been crucified with Christ and it's no longer I that live but Christ who lives in me and the life which I now live in the flesh I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live. The hardest thing to kill is the I. And I know that we might have some martyrs here in the room this morning. You might be wonderful. You might be wonderfully religious in everything you want to do. But let me into a little secret, I'll tell you. You cannot crucify yourself. Because once I've put one in, what am I doing with this one? And whether we like it or not, in process... And in progress, there are times when I am helping Chris put in another nail. And there's times when Chris is helping me put in another nail. But we don't like those things, do we? We like the bit where it's all wonderful. And remember the bit, because we'll go back to worship. So who's full of the Holy Ghost? I am! So, and deny yourself... Take up your cross. Yeah, I have been crucified. The I life coming. Something has to change. And it's changing when the Holy Ghost is going to touch us.
There's a story of a guy called John Chu. John Chu was a Chinese man who was going back to China. He'd been to the West. He was going back to China to be a missionary. And when he's on his way to China, he has an open vision. God gives him an open vision of himself. And in this open vision of himself, he's lying in 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 an open coffin. So he's lying in the coffin, and the angels were crying around the coffin. Bit of a funny picture, that one, isn't it? And so he asked the question, why are the angels crying? He said, because John Chu's still alive. And he saw himself pull the lid of the coffin, bang it on, and bang the nails down. And heaven started to rejoice. He said, why is heaven rejoicing? So he heard the voice of the Lord said, because the world doesn't need you, it needs me. Believe it or not, whether this might become as a surprise to you, you are not God's gift. <laughs> you are not God's gift. He is God's gift, Jesus Christ. But guess what? He partners with the body to work in us and through us to be a demonstration, to carry his mandate to be the representative, to be my ambassadors. Something's just popped in my head. Allow me a little bit of a rabbit trail. There are more members of the church who are God's ambassadors carrying around trays of chocolate. Mr. Ambassador, Ferrero Rocher. Oh, Mr. Ambassador, you put on a really good party rather than being ambassadors who represented him in a different way. So let me give you a key. Shall I give you a key? Something that's going to help us change? Well, I'll tell Veronica then, see if Veronica wants to know. Would you like some keys that will help us into this? Apart from obedience that we looked at, apart from submission, a key that's going to open up your life and my life is a dirty word called repentance. We call it a dirty word because it only ever has one context. And the context is... Sorry... It's Chris. For those listening by tape, Chris is saved. <clears throat> Allegedly. <laughs> we won't debate that just yet. That Chris repents when he is fallen into sin. That's, is that the church's definition of repentance? When I sin, then I repent. But you know that's only part Bible, don't you? Repentance is so much bigger than that. Do you know there is something that we wrote, it says this, we repent enough to be saved, but not enough to be changed. Oh, you can write that on all of your Christmas cards. (laughs) We repent enough to be saved, but not enough to be changed. And if we cannot be changed, then we can never become or be the demonstration. Because we have to be changed. Our lives have to be turned around. There can be no true transformation of your mind. Be renewed or be transformed by the renewing of your mind without repentance. See, the battle is between your mind and the mind of the spirit and the spirit of your mind for another day. What God is declaring is reduced by my own experience, my prejudice, my hurts, my philosophies. But we are called to take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Message says it like this. I think it's fantastic. Don't read the message much, but I did on this one. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 says this. We use our powerful God-given tools... For smashing warped philosophies, tearing down barriers erected against the truth of God, fitting every loose thought and emotion and impulse into the structure of a life shaped to become Christ. So taking captive every thought. If we want to be said, I want to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How many want to get the madman and woman out of the attic? Has anybody got a madman or woman in the attic? Do you know what I said about some of them things you keep locked in the cupboard? Some of us have... Do you remember those old, old horror films where they'd have somebody like it was somebody's twin brother or sister they used to keep locked up in the attic and occasionally they'd escape? It's only me and Kath watch my House of Horrors. They would be, there'd always be that weird relative who you kept locked up in the attic. 
we lock some of them there and they're not necessarily mad. But this whole thing of being able to take captive your random thoughts, your mind that runs amok, your mind that takes you down wrong places, your mind that wants to open the door and be, oh, I'm just an explorer of everything called what I shouldn't touch. And it takes you into so many different places. But we have the ability to take it captive and bring it back. So if we turn around and say, right, we're not doing authentic, but we'll give one minute on repentance. Repentance is the ability to change my heart, thinking, mind, and actions emotionally, physically, spiritually, and mentally. Okay? So what happens is, I'm walking this way. I have, this is the way walking it. I have just repented. Sin wasn't involved. God realigns my steps. The Lord is the one who sets the steps of the righteous. When I change to what he says yes to, I have repented. Oh, we still lost it. Do you want to be religious and just say, only when I get to the time when I've done something really wrong, I want to repent. Your life and my life is set up for repentance. That every day there are fine adjustments. That when he says something, I'm thinking about what I didn't even understand was a philosophy or had always been taught this way. And it challenges the very nature and character of God. When I say, God, I'm not going that way. I believe what your word says. I've repented. When I step into his word, his way, his walk and his will, I've repented. So repentance is a celebration, not a dirge of, oh, Chris, can I just share with you? We've got transparency, have we? Brothers, yeah, I had to repent this week. Oh, but Lord, house, we have to pray for Chris. He had to repent this week. Every day is the opportunity to repent, to grow, to accelerate, to be all that we can be. Because he's readjusting our steps. Oh my God, he's readjusting our steps. It's that celebration, like we said. You cannot stay the same. Do you realize how many millions of pounds are spent per year in companies to handle the process of change. They kind of go, right, now we've always done it this way, Billy. We've always done it this way. But from tomorrow, we're not going to be called Billy's Boutique. We're going to be called Les Chic. Oh. So when you answer the phone, it's no longer, hello, Billy's Boutique. We are Les Chic. Good morning, Billy's Boutique, Les Chic speaking. There is the process of change... But I always I liked the name Billy Boutique, but it's moving on. That's very basic. But what they'll say, there'll be structures of change. They'll have floating desks. They'll have you don't own anything anymore. You'll have the ability to, for instance, there he is, our top man, he's good officially on tape, our top man at BT, Andy Duff. He would go into the office in London and you don't have a designated space. You have a we're desk hopping. Phil just left and Andy came in. But, well, hang on a minute, I want my cactus, I want my framed picture of my wife on there and the kids, and I've got my rubber and I've got my stapler on my desk. This is my space. We're in a changing world, we're desk hopping, this is yours today but somebody else's tomorrow. There are millions spent on helping people deal with something that you don't have ownership. But I've always had ownership, but you don't have ownership tomorrow. The process of change is us fighting that, God, I've always done it this way. Okay, so let's you and me have a negotiation. You've always done it that way. Is that right? Yes, God, I've always done it this way. And what happened? Nothing. Right. So should we do it another way? But God, I've always done it this way. Okay, let's rewind the tape. So what happens? Nothing. Right, so do you think we should do it a different way? But God, I've always done it this way. It's on loop, but don't tell me I'm not just tapping into your prayer world. Something has to change in the way our lives are set up to see a completely different set of results. We cannot stay the same. We are either walking in step with the Spirit of God or out of step with the Spirit of God. There's no in-between. I've seen those films. I've never been a military man. Chris can tell me, again, because he has. But when they march, you've got it all going on. There'll be a guy that comes along who's slightly out of step. 
And when everybody is, you've seen it, hams are at the same level, it, it's all going, it looks a piece of business, doesn't it? It looks so good. And then you've got Andy with his club foot kind of like hopping around at the back. What happens is, is that you see it, the one who's out of step maybe does a little skip. The walking will go, and then now they're, hey, we're all in, Andy, you're in, we're all in. It's all going on, but I have to adjust my steps. And in just in my steps, I find the rhythm and pace of what God is dictating. He doesn't stop everything and bring it to you. We change it and he's brought to us. We have just had 40-day encounter, have we not? And what was the whole title? Encounter to be... 40 days. 40 days should be 60 days, should be 80 days, should be 100 days, should be 365 days... Of it's not an event. We didn't come to an event. There's the position that says, my God, I want to encounter you every day. And if you're sat there going, but we've had them before. We've always done it this way before. It'll be like it was last time. Shame on you. Familiarity has killed you. There is something that has to rise. What happens in the sin of the church, not speaking the dream center, the sin of the church is, and Samson rose as before, not knowing that the Spirit of God had left him. We always do it this way. Because I'm ready, Tumby. I'm ready. You don't realize that you're carrying nothing. I'm ready, I'm in position, but there's nothing there. Something needs to change. The triune gospel that we have and it was given from heaven envelops every aspect of our body, our soul, our spirit, our emotion, everything that we are is covered by God. And if it can be redeemed, it can be renewed. So I'll tell you something that I was so joyous. Kevin and I had a few days in Malaysia a few weeks ago. We was on business and got to drop in somewhere and we dropped in. And Jonathan David, you those who know the situation of Jonathan David, he's got Parkinson's, yes? And if you've seen him over this last four or five years, the decline, the losing of the voice, the shaking, the bent over, you just saw a decline. There had been a day when Pastor Tony and I walked in, we saw Papa, both of us filled up. The reason we filled up, you think, he's not even going to get through the next half hour. Never mind he's doing a two-week conference. And he did. He hit it home and you think, never complain about your cold. You Veruca, I'm not feeling well and I've got a headache. You've got this situation. But he said, I've been pushing into God in a completely different way. That my specialist has now said to me, you no longer need to book another appointment. I don't need to see you. If you need to see me, give me a shout. Something's working. But also, Pastor Tony could give you all the details on this because he'd already been looking at it when I was getting excited and he'd already, he's already in the advanced book on this one, was that JD had turned around and said, they told you that the areas of your brain that were damaged die and cannot be reset. When I've had my scan, my brain is resetting itself in the areas that were dead. Anything that can be redeemed can be renewed. Is that hope for you? And it's hope for me. My cellular system, my mind, my emotions, the my hurts can all be realigned and reframed in him. It can bring fresh hope because he's the God of the resurrection. I want to know him and the power of his resurrection starting with me. Oh my God, that same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is living in me. And he who brings life to your mortal body is living in you. Is there anybody who needs a touch in their body this morning? Oh, start to reach up and start to draw something down. Let me just come to the close on something. We're at that time of year where I already had it this morning. Ruby and Caleb stayed at our house, walked in. Granddad, granddad jumped on the bed. Two more sleeps. There are only two more sleeps. How many, just in case you're going to forget, there's only two more sleeps. And then they're going to come to our house. And she said, oh, granddad, I'm so excited. Why is that? Because not only is the presence at my house, but it's presence at your house. 
I've got two lots of presents. I know I'll have two lots of presents. And she said, our house is smaller than your house, so Father Christmas knows he has to leave some here and some at yours. <laughs> Thinking, this is smart. This is smart. It's like, okay, right. But how many of us I've had this experience. You've had your kids, you're all giddy. Whether it's been a grandparent, whether it's been an auntie, an uncle, a brother, a friend, whatever. The kid sees the box, they run under the tree. They get it, they rip the paper off. They're all excited. It's here, exactly what I wanted. I have got a Fast and Furious number seven remote control car. It's going to be flying down the hole and it's going all brilliant. I've got it all going. And then you read that little note on the side. Batteries not included. And then you're having that moment. I thought you got some batteries. I thought, I thought you were getting them. I sent you to the pound shop. I said. And then you're looking around. And what are you doing? Right. Rub them out the remote. Without the remote. You're upstairs, aren't you? The alarm clock. Anything. <laughs> Then you find something, you go, right, everything's AA or AAA. And you go, oh, you need a double DE. Who's got a... It's coming out the smoke detector. You're finding everything to click it all in so you've got it working. Let me tell you this. Our God is a good God. He did not leave you with form and not function. He supplies the power we need for the task in hand. He doesn't leave you short. And I thank God in my earlier days when my kids were smaller for David Platt and Beatrice, who always added batteries to any toy they gave my children. So thank you. Thinking ahead. But God will not leave you with form and not function. The thing is, we look great. We go outside. Wonderful. Here's that Fast and Furious number seven. Look at all these wonderful tricks it can do. Yeah. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. Because that's how the church has become. It's got a wonderful outer, but the power to drive it has gone. It's time for a Holy Spirit upgrade, church. A Holy Spirit update. Jesus returned anointed in the power of the Holy Ghost. For so many of us, we have the Holy Spirit, but we don't have the power that partners with it. Pastor Tony touched on something last week where I thought was very enlightening when he started to open the door, the difference between need and lack. But there's a question that goes with it. What do I lack? The question is, and why do I lack? I lack something, but why do I lack it? It's a question for another day. When I was a, a child, I talked, I reasoned, I thought like a child, but now I became a man, I put childish ways behind me. It's time to grow up. I believe that the church, not just the Dream Center, but the church as a whole, is caught in a spiritual adolescence. I am no longer a child, but I never came to maturity. By now, there are as many of you who should be, but you still need the milk. We're not little kids, but we got lost somewhere in our adolescence. It's time to change and grow. So to become that move, I need to demonstrate and decide I want to be like God's greatest move. To be the demonstration, I need the promise of the Father, the Holy Ghost, to touch me in a completely different way, greater than me receiving my tongues. It's the gateway. We thank God for the gateway. But don't camp there. There's so much more for us. You're made to be signs and wonders. So let me read you these final statements. We're done. We're finished. It's time to gossip the gospel in every street, every playground, and every workshop. It's time to carry the flame to arise and shine for your light has come. It's time to be the bridge of hope back to a lost world. It's time to call back into life what was dead from family, relationships, faith, and dreams. It's time for that little light of mine to become a city on the hill. And it's time for the second coming of the church. And in everything that we do in this season, don't lose him in the tinsel.
Don't lose them in the tinsel. You may have had a good year, a bad year, an indifferent year. But thank God, as long as I have a pulse, the scripture says, and there's breath, I have hope. So say, my God, if 2018 stunk, 2019, we're going to knock it out of the park. We're going to grow. We're going to accelerate. I'm going to find you in a different way. I'm going to be touched by you. I'm going to be used by you. I'm going to become the demonstration. I'm going to be, uh, become the move. I'm going to be the demonstration. Become the demonstration, aren't we? It's in there somewhere. Demonstration move. I looked at him and he wiped my thoughts out. He wiped my thoughts out. So come on, church. Let's just stand to our feet. As I said, I just wanted to use this morning as a springboard word because there's so much more to say in and around this. But if I can align my heart and you can align your your heart that says, my God, I need a fresh touch. I need you in a completely different way, Father, so that we can become that move, that we will be the demonstration in a completely different way. I'm going to stop arguing with you. I'm going to stop finding every reason why it can't happen. This is the year 2019, is the year of no more excuses. Excuses have come to an end. If you're going to tell the truth, tell the truth. Don't say, I was busy, uh, I was ill, um, we did this, we did that. I didn't do it because I couldn't be bothered, is the truth. Because the value needs to be seen. Amen. So if you want to join your heart with my heart and say, I want 2019 starting today. I don't need midnight. 2019 that we're going to come into a new season, a new way, because I'm going to find him in a new way. And in this encounter, he's going to encounter me. Then please partner with me this morning. Father God, I just pray. Father, thank you for every word that has been spoken in this house over the last 12 months. We thank you, Father, for the preceding word, for the prophetic word. We thank you, Father, for the way you've been stirring hearts and minds. You've been changing lives. I thank you, Father, for the first fruits of discipleship that we've seen this year. I thank you, Father, for lives that are changing. I thank you, Father, for sons and daughters that are rising in the house. We thank you, Lord God, Father, that you're dropping your spirit on all flesh, that you're causing us to change. And Father God, I pray right now that as we come into this break that you will give us clarity you will cause us to stay focused Lord God that you will be not lost in the tinsel but we thank you for Jesus Christ God's greatest move we thank you Lord God he was willing to come the greatest gift for mankind came so that we could have life and life more abundantly but Lord God I pray right now Father the blessings of God may the the blessings of God shine upon you may he cover you this year may there be greater grace may there be the blessings healing peace and the rest of God on every every house, on every household, on every life found in this place, Lord God. We pray right now in Jesus' name. And the people of God said, Amen. 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 So when you're back? 6th of January, 2019. Be blessed. Have great times with your families. Be refreshed. Enjoy yourselves. Amen. Bless you.
Just try when you keep. 